This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio, a show that connects home buyers, home sellers, and home owners to some of the best small businesses in the San Antonio area. Come up on the show today, we're going to talk about the idea of having to get three contractor estimates when you're going to do a large project at your, uh, at your home. Is this something that we really need to do, and if so, why? And is, maybe is there a better way? We're going to get some tips and insight into picking a good home security service for your home. And we're going to get some tips and insight into trimming back large trees near your home. In studio with us today is Antonio Gonzalez, an expert general contractor and the owner of Toned Homes. Antonio, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. Also in studio with us today is Sean Pace, an expert in home security uh, systems and the owner of South Texas Security Systems. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And we have Shane Kelly, an expert arborist and the owner of Canopy Tree Service. Shane, I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. You bet. Happy to come in. A quick reminder for our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. Also on our website is a list of recurring guests. So if you hear them, see them um, on the show and you didn't catch your information, you can go to homebuyertalkradio.com and find their information there. The show reaches thousands of listeners here in the greater San Antonio area and tens of thousands more on social media. We are crushing it on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you follow any of those social media services, make sure you go to homebuyertalkradio.com and click on one of the Links there to start following us on social media. All right, so first up on the show is Antonio Gonzalez, the owner of Toned Homes. Now, people call you Tone, right? That's right. Is there a story behind this real quick? Like a short story? Yes. I mean, it started off, my sister used to call me Tony Baloney, <laughs> and then it became Tone Balone, and I just dropped the balone. Okay. Became gotcha. Tone. Yeah. All right. I like it. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me about your business real quick, so you... So I'm um, a licensed uh, builder, licensed remodeler, and um, a master HVAC license holder. Uh, we do the company's toned homes, air conditioning, and remodeling. We do pretty much everything on a home. We do bathrooms, kitchens, floors, texture tape, windows, doors, interior, exterior, siding, roofing, outdoor kitchens, brickwork, pretty much everything on your home. I love it. And, and so I've only known you for a couple of weeks now, and uh, one of the things that clicked with me right away is you are a critical thinker. You ask those questions. You're open to learning more about what's going on. So you and I, we started someplace, and then we ended yeah. up with this idea of the estimates, right? What yeah. is the thing with three estimates? So what's your take on uh, – give me like the 35,000-foot view of the, of the yeah. you know, maybe rethinking this idea of three estimates, and then we'll break it down a little bit. Well, the problem with three estimates is you never comparing the same thing with the same thing. So – the idea comes from contracting, governmental contracting, and insurance quote contracting. That's where the idea spawned or came from. Um, government uh, programs or contracts are awarded to to they have to be bid on by at least three companies or five companies, just depending on whatever the stipulations for that particular contract are. But they're bidding on the exact same product down to the inch, down, actually down to the quarter of an inch with the same exact materials from the same manufacturer at the same pay rate. And there's an allowance for profit and there's allowance for overhead. And the government already knows what they're willing to pay and what they will pay. And then they're just trying to pick a company. A lot of times the selection, the choice actually has nothing to do with the price because the prices are so close. The The selection may be because, oh, you qualify for this program or we have to award a certain amount of minority programs or we have to award a certain amount of uh, X amount, X business owner type programs, small business, this and that. So, in that world, three estimates is all you need because you're getting the same apple for apple comparison. So, but let's talk about it. So, if I'm going to remodel my bathroom, for example, yeah. okay, 
And I'm thinking, well, I want to bring in a, a few contractors and kind yeah. of get an idea about what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and then maybe their pricing. So yeah. is that generally what people are looking at when they get an That's estimate? That's what they think they're doing. I mean, what really right. happens is you go, you, you, you think you're going to get three estimates for the same project. You find out that when the person gets out there, everybody says, oh, yeah, I'll do the same thing. But then you get an estimate for 4000 one for 10000 one for 20000 one for 30000 You Like, what's happening? Why is that? Supposedly, they're all doing the same thing. Well, we know 1,000% that you're not going to get a $30,000 job for $10,000. It's just There's just no way to do it. Or the person who's asking you for $30,000 is just a straight-up thief because they're trying to make $20,000 more on a job. It just doesn't make any business sense. So um, that's really not what's going on. So, but what are the factors then that are changing from yeah. a $4,000 estimate as opposed to yeah. a $20,000 estimate? So there's five ways to, to do a project. Um, you've got do-it-yourself, which is the cheapest way with no risk. You've got hire a, a guy who knows what he's doing or, or can kind of swing a hammer or a team of, you know, he might be a guy who works from home, has a couple cousins, knows a couple people. That's a general contractor working from home. Hire a real general contracting firm, somebody who is um, vetted, you know, has associations and can offer financing and different things like this that are members of the Better Business Bureau and so on. You can hire a national firm. Um, and then in between there, there's a couple other ways, but mainly there's four or five ways to choose it, Right. And every single one of those different approaches has a different cost associated with running that business and different uh, fees that they're having to pay and different relationships they have with suppliers and manufacturers. So if you were going to get three bids, you'd want to get you'd, you'd ask the contractor, hey, who are your who are two of your best competitors? Like so you'd have to know one is good. And then from him, say, who are your best competitors or who are your biggest competitors? And, and then you'll know you're at least competing in the same level of those different options. Does that make sense? Right. So as a homeowner, that's one of the questions we should ask you if you're going to come out. It's like, okay, so uh, I want to get an estimate on what's going on here. And then who are your competitors? But also I'm thinking, what are you going to do differently? Uh, so there's a business cost. I get that. But then there's like, there's got to be other things that are influencing those bids. It's a business model. It's not okay. just a cost. It's a model, okay, business gotcha. model. So my business model, for instance, is we provide the entire thing from soup to nuts. So we'll do the design. We hook up the engineer. We get the drawings. We do the architecture. We do the permits. We do the, the, the work. I've got my own suppliers. We send you out to them. They give you a Sprite and cake and show you all the different options for plumbing or the different things that they're going to do. Um, we send out a project manager. It's a totally different experience, totally different business model, whereas – down lower in the, in the on the totem pole, there's a guy, he goes out and says, hey, can you go to Home Depot and pick up E10 boards? And then when he needs more boards, you go help him. And there's just a whole other world of what you're going to experience. That's why I say when you, when you look at my competition, for instance, we're all going to kind of have a similar business model, similar business costs, similar quality installers, similar, a lot of similarities where you are getting more of an apples to apples kind of a of a com- so a we should be looking at as a homeowner, what is the service? What is uh, What things are you going to do? for this yeah. project and how much involvement am I going to have? But then there's also like, like you, you had mentioned earlier about your accountability factor. That's not the word you use, but it's like you have relationships, you have mm-hmm. a reputation yeah. out there that you don't want. So that's the thing is, is really the best experiences for a homeowner come when you get a, a referral from a really, really great company. That's what happens. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that you can trust. It's going to do a really great job. And um, if you, have that and you know the company's been in business and you can find you know facebook reviews google reviews yelp reviews um next door reviews i mean there's tons of stuff now homeowners have tons of resources on on reviews right and that's the first place to look 
If you don't know anybody at all, you're going to go to look for a ton of reviews. Sure. Not one or two. Try looking up 30, 40, 50, every platform you can find. That's where you want to spend your time. Not meeting people every day, having three or four people come to your house, dealing with all that. It's really do the research on the reviews. And then just pick a company that you know is going to be in business. Um, you're, really not, there's, you're really not saving money unless you're changing the job. That's one rule. I mean, 90% of the time. Now, I have heard of these pink unicorn contractors that are only, they charge you one third of everything and the work is beautiful because the guy's been doing it his whole life and he's retired. He's just looking for a little thing to do on the side. I've seen some of these pink unicorn jobs that are super good deals at super low prices that are really great. But other than a pink unicorn, you know, the best thing to do is to get, look up some reviews and pick a company that's going to be around for a while. Yeah. And, and that's that reputation factor that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, which is super important. All right. Awesome. So, um, what else, as far as uh, the estimates, do you think may be wrong uh, in our thinking? Because truly, when somebody comes out as a homeowner, every time I get an estimate, I've done three estimates before, right? But my, I'll actually change what, based on what I'm learning from the first estimate right. and the questions, right. I'll actually change some of the variables by the time the second guy goes around and the third guy has a totally different operation. Yep. So By the time you get to the third estimate, the estimates change. Yeah. That's why I'm saying... You want to pick a company and then go through the process with them. See, we do that. We come in, we give you a base estimate from the very first brainstorming idea, all the time that you've been thinking about this project, plus whatever I can come up with in the first 10 minutes of the project. But I go home, we have, what we in our design uh, philosophy, we have a sleep on it approach. Yeah. So I'll go home and then think about it the next day. I'll tell customers, look, this is an estimate still. It's not a contract until we sign it. So we have options. We can still change things. Tomorrow, let me know. You know, uh, Let's talk about it. Now that I've t- told you what I've told you, um, I have a little bit of an advantage in that at our company just because we have such um, a deep well of knowledge and experience. So I come up with, man, you know, there's very few things that we don't come up with when we come up with it, when we come and give you an estimate. But that's not the experience for everybody. So really, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of mulling over all the information that you can learn. Again, Everybody's information is you know, valuable. So you having three people out there, that's a that's the only benefit that you have is maybe a few more ideas. Yeah, there you go. You don't get a you know, again, that's not this shouldn't be it's not a decision making benefit, it's a an ideas benefit. Well you can go to Pinterest and see a million pictures and go to um uh, house dot com or Facebook and or just do a Google search for whatever project you're doing and get a trillion ideas. So again, it's a matter of your time. So a lot of these estimates you've you've done if you've done it before, you know that You've also had contractors come out that were just a waste of time. They never got you your estimate back. They spent two hours with you, and then they didn't didn't respond. And that kind of stuff is just um, you know time it's that you, time you, sink, could, yeah, right? you could save. Yeah, you can automatically disqualify those anyway. Yeah. All right, Tone. So if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? You're going to call two one zero five two zero ninety two hundred, or go to our website tonedhomes.com, t o n e d h o m e s dot com, or our Facebook page. We're Facebook forward slash Toned Homes. Um, and yeah, you'll see hundreds of pictures. I'm the chubby, um, gray haired Mexican guy in all the videos. So you'll, you'll see me if you look it up. Yeah, you can find me. All right. Awesome. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, great conversation. This is, I don't have a lot of conversations like that to really kind of dig into the critical thinking side of things. So I was excited to talk with you about that. So thanks again. Sure.
All right, next up on the show is Sean Pace, the owner of South Texas Security Systems and an expert in all things related to home security systems. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So your background, just real quick. So you've been in this industry for quite a while. Yeah, it's about a decade now. Okay. And uh, what's your passion for it? Why, why do you even do it? I always say, so in our industry, nobody wakes up and says, you know, I want to be in the security industry. Everyone that I've ever talked to in the industry, we've all kind of just stumbled into it. Um, but once you get into the industry... It's unique because people need the service. There's a real need there. So it's almost like a bit of serving a ministry, which part of me always loves that feeling of serving people. Now, it's a continually evolving industry, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, the way just like your phone changes every two years, really in about the last five years, we've seen the most significant change in technology, dealing with a lot of cloud service that's there now, dealing with a lot of switching from analog to IP, even though there's still a lot of analog technology that's out there. So about in the last five years, we've seen more change in the last five years than the previous 30 years. Hmm. If you had to say that, what's the number one thing that like a homeowner that we feel like, what's the value that we get? The top of the list that we get for paying for that service. I think the number one thing is actually going to be something that you can't physically put on there, right? So when you're thinking of some type of home security, you're really thinking about peace of mind. You're thinking when I get home, if something was to happen or if I'm not home and something happens, the police are going to show up. I feel protected. And those who've had any type of incident or felt bur- been burglarized, whether it's their business or their home, once that happens in your personal space, in your home, you can't get that piece back. It's very difficult. So then you're, it's kind of like PTSD when you come into your own house. Yep. Um, and then that's just something that you're constantly deal with. So it's that peace of mind. And security really is kind of expanded, too, because people are now, it's not just about watching for people breaking into the home, but it's also what's going on in my home. Are the kids doing the chores they need to be doing, right? Because there's cameras like in the living space and stuff like that, right? Is this a thing? No, it's real. I mean, especially you start getting teenagers in your home. So it's about having window contacts because my kid's sneaking out. Who's coming in my, you know, who's coming in my home? So you get the ring doorbells just to see that traffic coming in now. So it's changed a lot, right? So my house, you know, my wife's, I got packages galore coming in and out. And now it's about holding Amazon or holding UPS accountable because they're just slapping in the package are throwing the package clearly from the uh, their vehicle. Kicking so it. it's just a lot of change. Yeah, a lot of change in the industry. Yeah, well, I mean, I like that. It's like I'm not necessarily – I don't have anything in my, my living room and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I've even heard of parents putting uh, cameras in their kids' bedrooms. Have you seen that at all? I'll say this, and I tell people all the time, no matter what, if a smoke detector randomly pops up, could be uh, some type of uh, covert camera. Right. What, what do you mean if a, a, a smoke, smoke detector actually, okay, you have your smoke detectors that are standard, sure. but a lot of times if you see a covert, so let's say if you were in your office, you ever got a smoke detector above your office, oh. there's probably a covert camera there. So like right? a new one just <laughs> yes. was installed. Yes. yes, so I say jokingly, but it's real. Like you'd be surprised. That smoke detector goes up, there's probably a camera in there. There's a teddy bear on the, on the uh, counter? <laughs> 100%, right? absolutely. There's a creepy looking teddy bear over there. So like that. with the home, it's just changed a lot, especially with the technology. So- if a homeowner is looking to you know, get a security system installed, what are some uh, questions that maybe they should ask when interviewing security companies? So typically with what we do, we are a very event-driven business. So nobody comes in, wakes up in the morning, it's like, you know what, I just want to buy home security. No, something has to happen. You had to have moved, you've had to have an incident, your neighbors had, a, had, had to have an incident, or you've heard about something that's happened. So something has, has to trigger you to want security. Um, so then what happens is it's do, if you have something existing or if you're doing something brand new. Because if you have that, that's two different approaches. 
Um, but the number one question you want to ask is, is it verified? That is the big thing in our industry. So the big secret that we have in the security industry is 99% of every alarm received is a false alarm. So when we talk about that verification, the police are responding to 99 false alarms out of 100 that comes from a security system. So the question that nobody's asking that they should be asking is if I get an alarm system, how do I know that the alarms that's being sent is real? And there's a big reason why. So in our industry, or really in the San Antonio area, the police are, the response time for a non-verified alarm is about 45 minutes, right? So you think, man, the police is not doing their job. No, the police is doing their job. But if you had 10, 15 calls every time your shift is, and you know it's a false alarm, but you're going to respond, you're not going to be urgent, right? It's like the story of the boy who cried wolf. Like they hear the same houses having the same instance, and they're going around checking in, kind of see what happens. So that verification is important. Because when you're able to verify that the alarm is real, the police is going to respond a lot faster. So let's talk about the verification that you're speaking of. What is that? So you need some type. So what we do when we talk about competitors, right? Everyone in our industry, they're selling motion detectors. So that's the common thing. You throw a motion detector in your house. The thing is anything can, tr- uh, can trigger a motion detector. So you don't know if that alarm is real or not. You don't know what caused it. You get a phone call from your dispatch center that says motion detector five went off in your living room. And then the decision is, do I dispatch police or not? And you're going to be like, well, dispatch police, I'm not there. The problem is, is that's a false alarm. You know it's not real. Right. Or if you and start... It costs you something, right? There you go. So if you start paying for those false alarms, this is what ends up happening. And you don't think about it on the outside. Like when we're talking about it now, it's going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm doing that. Or those here in the show, they're going to be like, oh no, I'm actually guilty of doing this. So then you get off of works drive down to your home to see if anything happens because you don't want to pay the $150 false alarm fine. How do you verify it? Though? So when you deal with what we do, our motion detectors, they have a built-in, very low-resolution camera that is only triggered when motion's activated. So you have to be away from your home. Your system has to be armed away, and then the motion detector is triggered. Now, armed away as opposed to armed arm home. home. Yes. Okay. So arm away, meaning that every one of your devices, your motion detectors, your door contacts, your glass breaks, they're all big, they're all activated. If you do arm home, the only thing that's activated is those ex- exterior perimeters, so your door contacts or windows. Okay. So arm away means I'm not home. If something's going on in my house, I need to know about it. So once that motion is triggered, it sends a clip directly to your phone on exactly what the incident is, right? I can see on my phone when the dispatch calls, hey, your living room motion went off. Well, hold on a minute. Let me see what it is. Okay. So you're talking about this is a video clip, a 10-second video clip that is created Yes. A low resolution that is sent to the homeowner's phone yes. to start this verification process. Yes, and it happens in real time. My ring so, does that for me. So with uh, with ring, you'd get that from your doorbell, right? Yeah, from, from my the, inside camera in my office. I got an indoor camera, and whenever it moves, it sends me a clip. Correct. So this is for your camera, though, and I'm not talking about camera. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm saying a similar experience. Exactly. But motion detector is different. And yeah. the reason why is in our industry now, if you put a ring in your house and you're doing it yourself, that is cool. But a lot of times we're dealing with privacy issues. So in our industry, one of the largest basically dealers out there, um, we won't say any names, but uh, their technicians were spying in on people, right? So you can look at it in Dallas, about a $200 million lawsuit because their technicians were looking in the cameras and spying on people's homes. That's a whole other thing. that we got to wrap up the segment, but that's a whole other thing that I would love to get into because this is a real fear that people have. 
So, Sean, I know great company. I know you've been at it a long time. Uh, we didn't get into costs and stuff like that, but the segment goes by pretty quick, <laughs> right? So if folks want to get in touch with you and maybe have a conversation about that, what do they do? Best thing to do is go to our website, go to SouthTexasSS.com, or you can call us at 210-612-9049, and we'll be happy to come out, do a site survey, and kind of assess what you have right now. Awesome. Thanks a lot for coming in, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, uh, next up on the show is Shane Kelly, an expert arborist and owner of Canopy Tree Service. Shane, thanks for coming in. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I know you're busy. Uh, this is probably a busy time of the year for you? It stays pretty solid. Year-round. Yeah. How long have you been doing the ar- arborist work? And am I saying that right? Um, arborist work's fine. Tree okay. service, uh, a little over 20 years. Okay, so just a little while. Yeah, a little while. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, um, t- uh for, as a homeowner, we've got big trees growing up around my house. And this is what triggered me to even start reaching out to a, an arborist, right? Because I had a landscaper on. They're like, no, you need to talk to an arborist to get it a little bit more into these conversations that happen. But um, big trees around the home, what kind of things should we be looking for with respect to these trees that might indicate that there could be a problem with respect to maybe injuring our home? Well, first you'd start with, um, what type of tree it is, and then you'd have to know the characteristics of which, what kind of roots they have, what the weak spots are on them, and how close they are to your house. But and that's okay, so a lot of uh, live oak trees right uh, around. So um, proximity to the house is that a problem with their roots? The roots, if they're real close, they got kind of a, a root. There's a root um, the root zone and a root cap. If it's in the root cap, it might do some damage to your slab by expanding. Or it could suck water out from under your slab and oh. cause it to settle. And those are the two things we usually deal with as far as slabs are concerned. I had never thought about that when it comes to trees sucking up water that could be a problem for the foundation. Never even occurred to me. Oh, oh, I love the stuff we learn on this show. Yeah, okay, but the, the root systems themselves, they go fairly deep once they're outside. You said the calf? The, the root cap. Well, the root cap is just kind of if you see the see the bump in the ground or it's swell or okay. the ground where that's the root cap. Now, not all trees are going to show that, but oh. that's cap. where it'll cap. CAP. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. And that's where it'll damage your slab physically, but usually they don't. Or one root will follow a crack or something. But that's unusual. There's got to be water for them to be following after or air, but they'll go a long way under a slab. I've I've seen um, where we've found slab companies and they're working on a slab and there'll be a root 30 feet inside the middle of a building and now we'll, we'll put some dye in and the leaves will turn blue outside. We'll, oh wow. Like wow that was a long way. Well that's an interesting conversation too on you feeding a putting dye on the roots and then the. Oh you inject it into the roots and it'll come out. In the it, leaves? Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting hmm. too. Uh. But we don't do that very often but that's that's always interesting you'd be surprised how far they get. All right, so that's below ground. So let's talk about above ground. So um, on a live oak tree, let's just stick with that because there's, there's so many of them here in San Antonio. Um, so proximity to the house, uh, the strength of the tree, all that kind of stuff. It's like what I don't want is I don't want the tree damaging my roof kind of a thing. Any well, tips the, there? You had the, the home inspector here last time. He said you got to have your trees three to five feet from your roof. That's usually our our standard, but we got to just do it so it's flowing right and it looks like it was cut by a professional instead of just someone cutting. Um, and there's a lot to that. And you also got to deal without damaging anything. 
And that's the big thing with calling out an arbor, especially with big trees, right? Because oh, yeah. you don't just start cutting up from the obvious thing of the tree limb falling where it shouldn't be. But there's also the health of the tree to keep in mind when you're making the cuts on the limb, yes. right? So can you give me an example of like the difference between a pro and a DIY on what you guys are taking into consideration before you start trimming well, a tree? you got to cut it back to where it's going to heal right. And you, then, once again, you also got to start thinking of what type of tree it is. If it's a live oak, you almost can't hurt it. But if you got other trees, they'll soak in water and, and into that, and that'll cause a water spot, and it'll get weak, and it'll or it'll get fungus growing in it, and it start wanting to fall apart. Okay. Um, and then just then the tree starts to go down downhill because of that. Right, especially on the bigger limbs, right? Small yeah, limbs not really limbs an issue. Are, yeah, small limbs you're not going to hurt, but a big limb you can be have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. So the type of trees you're being called out to trim on a regular basis, are they generally the large trees? And can you give me an example of a couple of jobs, types that you're doing? Well, one of the types of jobs we do a lot is like a parking lot lift where we got to, you know, or a road clearance where it's got to be 15 feet. And then, you guys, of course, you got your manicures. That's where we, at your house, manicure. We call, I, I do everything by um, hair and nail terms. So when you're talking to people, <laughs> manicure, <laughs> as we call it. Or we'll do a lift the bangs, you know, make sure you're 15 feet clear of the house. Nice. And then, um, and then there you got your removals, and you got to see what your trees are going to be, and which ones are going to, you got to say, um, are are a problem that could could cause damage in the future, and you got to kind of word that right. And then, um, we just talking to some of the other contractors here; they explain things better than I could. Just tell them people what can happen, and let. They'll be able to picture what could happen, and then they decide they want to use a tree service or not. Or what could happen if you don't, or what? Yeah. Well, yes. Well, what? Why they would want to hire us, or or um, or what could happen? What could go wrong if they try and do it themselves? What's like, the biggest issue? Is going to be like falling well, off a tree and breaking six ribs. We were just talking about it outside, yeah, right? Because we're not necessarily. We think, okay, I could do that, but working at an elevation, yeah, climbing I've, a ladder. I've had a lot of people that thought we were too expensive and then they mm. then they were then they end up hurt or they've called something that was cheaper then we've had to come and seen bad things happen from that um there's but it's like like any there's always gonna be different tiers of who who you got you got to be able to find a contractor you can trust tony explained all that really well yeah, earlier yeah. yeah so and, and that's one of the big things about getting an estimate is is really the the, there's some work, a lot of work is there's artistry involved, right? There's competency, there's experience, but there's artistry as well. So what comes out in the end could be really beautiful when you trim trees. Anything yeah. in your house, I always kind of say, um, treat them like a doctor, right? When you go to get heart surgery, you don't ask the price. Yeah, you want a, you want a, you want an expert. That's a good point. All right, Shane. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, they can go to our, they can call our um, office number. It's gonna be. 210-441-7021, or they can go to our website, canopytreeservice.com, and there will be a get-your-free-estimate form you fill out, and then we'll try and get with you as soon as we can. Awesome. That was my next question on the estimates. So, All right, awesome. Well, great show, everybody. It went by super fast, I think, because uh, it's good conversations, but I appreciate you guys coming in. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can uh, catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting homebuyertalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. Have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.